Blog Talk Radio. It's dry, it's dry, it's dry, 
we want to talk about bitterness, bitterness that, that gets in our, in our hearts and in our lives. Bitterness will control you. Bitterness will, will, will destroy you. Uh, bitterness will destroy folks all around you. The Bible says the root of bitterness is a dangerous thing to get a root of bitterness in you because it's the inner thought controlling your actions. It'll cause, cause, begin to cause you to do things uh, that you wouldn't normally do because you're bitter. When you are bitter, you're not led by the Holy Spirit anymore. You're now in self. You, you, you're in your own action. You, you take a matter into your own hand. You, you now, now bend it in mind, says the Lord. But when you're bitter, bend it not God. Bend to become yours. Then you find yourself doing things that, that, that uh, you regret. I met people uh, on, on death row. I met people in prison. I met people who that was were, were somewhat acquainted, and they told me that if they had one more moment to think about what they did, they said they were so angry, they were so bitter. The bitter, the bitter, the bitter turned into anger. When you become angry with somewhere and you stay angry long enough, the anger turned into bitterness, uh, and the bitterness turned into animosity and turned into remorse. And now you now it turns into vengeance, and now you want to take matters in your own hands. So bitter that can't nobody. You ever met people who were so bitter? Every time you talk to them about their husband, and, oh, all they got to do is he was this and he was dead. I wish he was dead. I wish I had not never married him. It's bad to live a life of bitterness because it steals your joy. It's imprisoned you. It, it takes away your happiness. All you're thinking about what the man did to you. And now you're worse off. You're worse off than the person that, you're worse off than the person that did you wrong because you're wrong now. No wrong, too wrong don't make no right. You don't been, been made somebody hurt you. They make you bitter, but you're so bitter now that you're bitter than what they did to you. You're telling everybody what they did to you. And, and, and now it's beginning to affect you. When you're hanging around bitter people, it, it makes you bitter. It, it begins to steal your joy. It begins to make you unhappy. And as Christians, we're not supposed to be bitter. The Bible said bitterness was not of God. Isn't that something? Well, if bitterness is not of God, why we hang around with it so much? Why, let, why, we, why do we let it occupy our lives? When the Bible don't say that bitterness was not of God. Well, if bitterness is not of God, then who is it of? Ain't no aim but two people. It could be of. It could be, be of God or it's going to be of the devil. Now, even if it be in you, it's still going to be either way. It's going to be of God or of the devil. And God is not in bitterness. So let's leave God out, out the quota. Let's, let's not even talk about God no more concerning bitterness. Bitterness is from the devil. But the Bible says it's devilish. It's senseless. It, it, it's earthly. That means it didn't come from heaven. Bitterness didn't come from heaven. Bitterness came from the devil. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's where bitterness comes. The Hebrews 12 and 15 says, See to it that no one fail to attain the grace of God. You need to write this down. That no root of bitterness sprang up and caused trouble. By it, many become defiled. You can let the bitterness is, 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 is a spirit. It's just like a seed. Just like the seed of hatred or the seed of malice or any other seed. Once you plant it in you, the Bible says it will grow up and defile you. You know you know you know that God don't don't accept anything defile. Defile means to be unclean, to be unholy, to be unacceptable. Bitterness will defile you. Now how you gonna be how you gonna be a child of God and be defiled? How you gonna walk in God's presence and you defile? How you gonna walk in God's will perfectly? And you've been defiled. So I'm talking to someone this evening that is still mad, still angry, because your wife cheated on you or your husband cheated on you. But see, that's what happened with husbands and wives. 
when when the husband cheat on him or the wife cheat on him. The wife gets so mad, gets so vindicated. The husband gets so mad, they get so vindicated, they become bitter. You're still sad with one another, but you're bitter. You're mad. You're angry. You you, you want to make them suffer for what they did, and so you're gonna become God. Yes, what you're doing, you're becoming God because you want to torture them. You want to judge them now, and you want them to pay for what they did you. They hurt you, and you don't want them to be happy no more. You ain't happy, and you don't want them happy, so you're just bitter. Bitter in the morning, bitter in the evening, bitter all day long. You won't get no divorce because you're afraid they're end up escaping from the hurt that they gave you. So rather than trying to get a healing, rather than trying to make the marriage work out, you walk around all bitter, all with animosity, so angry. God is so, so cold, so mean about him. Every time his name come up, I wish I had not never married him. He did and he that. And God wants you to get over it and go on. God wants you to put that behind you and get that bitterness out of it. God can't even use you now because you're so defiled. You're so messed up in the spirit. Trying to teach others, trying to tell somebody else right or wrong, and you all messed up and defiled yourself because of bitterness. Bitterness is a dangerous thing. I'm going to hang right there. That's my word today. Bitterness is a dangerous thing, whether it be in the pulpit, whether it be in, in the headquarters, whether it be in the White House, whether it be in your home, whether it be your husband, wife, or your children, or your job. Bitterness defiles us. It makes us become less than what God would have us to do. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's talk about bitterness. Let's go back to Cain and Abel. Look what happened. Cain became bitter because God accepted Abel here. God had already told them both what to do. God had told them how to bring their offering. God gave them a specific way how to bring the offering. But Cain brought it any kind of way and thought God was going to accept it. But Abel did what God told him and offered up a perfect sacrifice as God told him. God told him if you're going to offer up a lamb, if you're going to offer up a goat or sheep, don't let it be the first firstling. Let it be the first one from the flock. They don't have no broke arm, no wound, no sword, no blister, no bruises, or nothing. That's what God told him. And then he said, if you, and, and, and since you plant the crop and, and then till in the field, God said, bring me the first crop to come out of the field. So Abel obeyed God and did what he said. But Cain, he come bringing some old broke lamb, some old wounded animal, something he didn't want his own self. Thought God was going to accept it, but God blew on it, blew the smoke in his face and did not accept it. But God did make the statement. He said, if you do well, would I not accept you? If you do the right thing, honey, God said he would hold no good thing. The devil walk it right before him. Doing right and God ain't blessing you, you call me. I, I want well, you doing right and know you're doing right, and God ain't blessing something wrong somewhere. You might need to go back and check something else out, but something lacking somewhere. You cannot do right and God not bless you. God said he would hold no good thing from them that walk upright before him. If you're walking up right before God, you need to bind the hands of the enemy because they ain't nothing but Satan trying to make you think that God ain't blessing you. God ain't going to let you walk up right and not bless you. He's going to bless you. He's going to bless you. He's going to open the windows of heaven and he's going to pour out a blessing. You pay your tithe. You live it holy. You're doing what the Lord told you to do. He ain't blessing you. He ain't blessed you in a long time. Oh, you need to check that out. Something wrong somewhere. Something wrong. Somehow or another, something is wrong somewhere. It ain't in God either. Because God does not come short. He does, he does God. He's going to let every man be a liar and God be the truth. So let's see what happens. So, 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 so Cain is angry now because God blessed Abel. And, and the Bible said he, he's so angry. Listen, it's so, 
his anger, his bitterness, he's bitter. He's anger now. That anger turns into, he takes so anger to become bitter. Now he's so bitter. Yeah, he, he can't even talk to his brother. Here they are in the field. They used to talk. They used to talk. They worked in the field before. They talked to one another. Now they're not talking. So, so Cain over there minding his own business. You know, so well, I guess that uh, Abel minding his own business. I guess the way my brother ain't going to talk, I just go ahead and do what I'm doing. So why, why Abel over there minding his own business, like usually doing, not knowing that, that that murder was in his brother's heart, not knowing that his brother was so bitter that he was going to kill him, Cain comes up behind uh, uh, Abel and kill him. He hit him. I don't know what he hit him with, but he killed him. The Bible says he slew his brother. I don't know what he hit him with a stick, with a rock. A phone or what? But he killed his brother because of bitterness. He was so bitter that he that he, he went and killed his brother because God blessed him. You don't have to be bitter because other people getting blessed. God will bless you too if you do the right thing. And I come out to help somebody this season who is so bitter. Sometimes our supervisors are bitter. Sometimes our overseers are bitter. Sometimes our leaders in the church are bitter. And, and we'll sit back and let them get away with it. Like, like it ain't nothing wrong with it. But you need to address them and let them know that this is not right. I'm not going to continue to come in here and allow you to treat me like this and be bitter toward me because now you're trying to make me bitter. And you need to give them a trip and say, look, this is what the Bible says, and that bitterness defiles you. It doesn't defile you. Now you're trying to defile me. And then and then you got to sit under such an atmosphere. you got to sit under such, such leadership when they're sitting there being so mean to you. We as leaders are not supposed to be mean. We as leaders are supposed to be humble, overseers and bishops and apostles, whoever you might be. You're supposed to be gentle. You're supposed to be meek. You're supposed to be kind. You're supposed to be tenderhearted and affected. Yes, rule the flock, but rule it well. Rule them by grace. Rule them by humility. Rule them with love. Not bitterness, but love. Because we don't hurt the bitterness is not of God. So why would you have bitterness in your relationship leading your people when God doesn't say that he was not of him? Now you defiling your whole flock. Otherwise, you're going to tear up your church because they're going to get tired of coming in on a such spirit when they knew that it's not of God. So get rid of that spirit because it'll defile you. It'll destroy you. And God got me to talk about this. Proverbs 20 and 22. Go with me to Proverbs 22. Do not say, I will pay, will pay evil. I will repay evil. Wait on the Lord. And he will deliver you. Other words, don't let bitterness make you get so angry that you say, I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them back. I don't care what nobody says. You've been hearing people talking about, I don't care. I, I, I don't care. I die in the hell. I die in the hell. Well, that's not the way you're going to go if you don't forgive, if you don't get rid of that bitterness. You don't let it go. You, you, you might as well have your hand handcuffed. You might as well be handcuffed to bitterness because it got you. You don't even know it got you. Take you down a road of darkness. At the end of it, it's going to be destructive. The Bible says it's going to defile you. Is that what it said? It said it's going to defile you. Evil trouble, real things said it's going to defile you. Causing trouble. And not only is it going to defile you, it's going to defile many others. So do not say, don't, in other words, don't take matters in your own hand. Because I know what you've heard. I know what they did to you were wrong. But leave it in God's hands. They ain't gonna get away. Excuse me. They're not gonna get away with it. Psalm 37 and 8. Refresh from, refrain from anger, and forsake wrath. 
fret not yourself and she and all the evil. Listen, you so bitter that you got your anger. Now you ready to take matters in your own hand. You so bitter that now you ready to you it says fret not yourself because it only tend to evil. This bitterness is only gonna cause you to become evil and uh and take it matters in your own hand. And now you don't you don't you don't affect the lives of others as well as yourself. Romans 12 and 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. It's okay if this is what the world wants to do. If the world wants to be better, we can't do nothing about what the world wants to be. But don't you be better. Don't you be formed in this world doing what the world does. See, that's what happened is we find ourselves acting like the world. The world do it, we do it. We're not of the world no more. Jesus told the disciples, he told God, when he prayed that prayer, he said, Lord, I don't take them out of the world. He said, but I take them from the world. There's a difference between men taking from something and out of something. But we've got to say that in this world. Yes, we're saved. We've got to stay right down here in this world, but then we don't have to act like the world. We don't have to let bitterness be in us. You don't have to be bitter. You can get rid of it. If you got it right now, God is able to move it. God is all you got to do is pray. Some of you might need to go on a fast because you've had it so long. But if you pray, God will move that bitterness out of you. He will forgive you for, for who you're on the earth by being bitter. You'll find yourself feeling better when you get rid of that bitterness. You'll feel so much better. You'll be amazed how much better you feel when you stop being bitter at your husband. Why quit being bitter at your husband? I'm talking to some wives right now. You're just as mean as you can be. Oh, you you you, 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 didn't, you didn't want to hear this word this evening because you know, man, your mind, you're going to hate him and you're going to dislike him. And you even try to you even try to make the children not like him. You even try to make the children upset with the husband, with the husband because you're so mad and angry with him. God said, let it go. Let it go. Let that bitterness go. Quit trying to defile even the children. You 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 about the, the, the whole family with your actions. Everybody, everybody you come in contact with. You, you want to hold, they, they're getting tired of hearing you. You want to hold a conversation, well, he did this to me, and he did that. I didn't know he would like that. If I had known he would like this, this God to let it go. Let it go. It done happen. It hurt. It was wrong, but you need to let it go. God said, you wrong now, and God said, you wrong with what he did, because guess what he did hurt, but you done defiled so many with your bitterness, with your attitude, with your behavior, with your character. And that's told it all over the world. Anybody you can't tell and still try to tell what he done to you. The Bible says all those sin and come short of the glory of God. Forgive him. Let that bitterness go. Romans 5 and 8. But God showed his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see that? Jesus could have became bitter. When he hung on that cross, he could have became bitter. Look, we rejected him. He came into his own, but his own received him not. He hung on the cross there. Here we is, spit on him and rejected him and, 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 and treated him and, and just disrespect him like he won't know that. He was the son of God. Came down here and his own received him not. His own hung him on the cross. His own rejected him. He could have become so bitter, but he didn't. He didn't. Instead of become bitter, he said, Lord, forgive them, but they know not what to do. That's what we got to do. We have to ask God to forgive us. We're not going to feel like, we got to make God feel good when we do it. You know, you don't, 
you're not doing it to make you feel good. You're doing it because it's the right thing to do. Lord, forgive them, Lord, for what they've done in me. For they know not what they do. Forgive them, oh God. I, I put it in your hand. I'm not going to walk around bitter, God. I'm not going to hold this thing no more, God. I'm not going to tell nobody no more. Uh, Sometimes somebody bring it up, you spend an eight hour or two holding a conversation, giving them, giving them a whole story about what that person does. And they ain't doing nothing adding fuel to the fire. It ain't doing nothing making your bitterness that much worse. It ain't having it a bit. That's why your bitterness won't go nowhere because you keep feeding it. You keep feeding it with your madness. You keep feeding it with your anger. You keep feeding it with your unforgiveness. You keep feeding it with your malice. Oh, come on. You keep feeding it every time you tell somebody about it, every time they bring that name up. Yeah, I heard he did that. The girl he did it. Girl he did that. Oh, yes, yes, yes. All you're doing is putting fuel on the fire. God said, put it out. Put that water of the Holy Ghost. You know, water puts stuff out. Let the water of the Holy Ghost, this is the water that got fire in it. Let this fiery water of the Holy Ghost put that bitterness out. Put that fire out of you. It's time you go on. It's time that you go on. Let it go. If you're going to live with that man, if you're going to stay in the house with him, go with that and tell him you're sorry for being so mean to him. Tell him you're sorry for being so bitter to him. Get up in the morning and cook him a dynamite breakfast. In the name of it, get up in the morning cook you some eggs and sausage and bacon or whatever he like, ham or whatever he like, and buttermilk biscuit or whatever, grits, whatever he like. Get up in the morning and make the devil out of a liar. Get up and cook. See, you got to use all oh, chata, itta, bullshit. You got to show some recompense for it. The building is not going to go nowhere just because I'm talking to you. You, you got to work without faith to dead. You got a part to play. You got to first go in a pen. You got to say you're sorry. Whoever it is I'm talking to. It may not be a husband or wife. It may be a brother or sister. It may be a family member. It may be a cousin, an aunt, an uncle. It may be a nephew. It may be, it may be a, a fiance. And, and here it is. You've been to walk out this thing. God don't put See, listen, when you're about to get married, you got to understand the devil don't want you married no way because if God will for you to get married, I see somebody who to get married and the devil got in it and got you angry and upset and bitter. And he's trying to get you bitter so that you won't marry this person. But God said that person is the one for you to marry. So you don't let that devil fool you out of your blessings. You get that deal, repent. Go and sit down and talk about this thing. Listen to what he had to say. You so mad, you don't even want to hear what he got to say. You so mad, you don't want to hear what she got to say. But God says, calm down. Calm down. Calm down and go and talk with them. Go, oh, shot out. Go and talk with them. You may find out it ain't what you thought you saw. It ain't what you heard. And no people who came to tell you that want nothing but a lie. So you got to remember, baby, they don't want you happy. They don't want you to have no, no knowing man of God. They don't want you to have no husband. They don't want you to live happy ever after. So, so I know what I'm talking about. Because when I mean my wife and Mary going on 42 years, and I'm going to tell you, if the enemy didn't attack us before we got married, everything that the devil could do, he stole that stuff, everything, but the kids and things. I think he was going to throw that too, but he couldn't pull it up. So he tried to throw everything he could throw at us to, 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 to break us up before we even got married. Stuff to make us bitter, upset at one another, angry, ill at one another, for no reason at all. But we realized it was a devil. See, the Bible says your weapon not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. Put on the whole armor of God, you may stand against the wild of the devil. So, whoever this couple is, whoever this fiance, whoever these two people that are about to get married, it may be more than one, but hear the voice of the Lord. Go on, go on, put that mess behind you. Quit talking and don't talk to nobody else about this because these. People don't want you married. That's why they come and bring you. Quit listening to garbage. Quit being a garbage can. Quit letting people put garbage in you. Because if you do, y'all two ain't going to get married. I'm going to tell you that if you don't stop.
stop right now and go talk to them. Don't even tell them you want to talk to one another. Slip away somewhere. Go 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 to the go go to the go go out to the restaurant somewhere. Go to the park somewhere. Sit out and talk about this thing and let God speak to you because it is God we open you to be married. It ain't God we open y'all to break up this relationship. God joined y'all together. Not go get married one another and be happy. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, I'm excited about that. Job 9 and 18, he will not let me get my breath, but fill me with bitterness. See, Job talking now. So Job, we see the devil was trying to make Job bitter. He was trying to make Job bitter because the devil already said he'll curse you. He'll curse you and die. So the devil was trying to make Job bitter by filling him with bitterness. He said, fill me with bitterness. But Job didn't yield to that bitterness. David said, Naked came out of my mother's womb, Job said, and Naked said, I returned to her. The Lord gave it, and the Lord take it away. So Job didn't let that, that bother him. Mark 11 and 25, and whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also, who is in heaven, may forgive you of your trespass. And did you hear that? When you stand praying with that bitterness in your heart, when you stand praying and realize that, that that things ain't right, your heart ain't right, that somebody bitter towards you, you're bitter towards somebody. The Bible says, so you consider that. Consider that. Forgive, he say. Because if you don't forgive, you can't keep on walking the Christian walk and not forgive and be bitter and not forgive. You're so bitter that you won't forgive, but I'm not going to forgive them. I don't care what nobody says. It ain't what nobody says. It's what God says. God says, if you have anything against them, forgive them, so your heavenly Father can forgive you. Proverbs 10 and 12, hatred stirred up strife, but love covers all offenses. Hatred stirred up, up bitterness. Remember, see, remember, hatred comes first. Hatred stirred up strife and bitterness, but love covers all offenses. you got to get in love. you got to get in that Holy Ghost love, not the natural love. We have a fleshly love, but we got a Holy Ghost love. You got to get in the Holy Ghost, brother. Came in Christ Jesus. Uh, that's one of the fruits of the Spirit. People don't understand that the fruit of the Spirit, a love, is not a natural love. It's a love that makes you love when you don't feel like love. Huh? It makes you love when you don't want to love. Uh huh. That that's what that love does. It ain't gonna say that you're gonna feel good. It ain't, it ain't gonna say you're gonna feel like a million dollars. But it'll make you love them anyway. It'll make you not have hatred. It'll make you not have bitterness. It'll make you love them no matter what they've done to you, no matter what they said to you, no matter how they talked about you. This is called that Holy Ghost love. You know it's in the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, and peace. These are, these are, these are, holy, these are holy fruits. And, and if they be in you, it'll make you love somebody even when they've done you wrong. Somebody looks at you, I don't know how you love them. They did you like them because you can't help yourself because the love of God is easy. That's what the love of God does. The love of God does it. It may not make them come back and love you. It may not make them apologize. It may not make them repent of what they did to you, but it'll make you feel okay because you did what God knows you. You hear what I'm saying? Proverbs 14 and 10, the heart knows its own bitterness, and no stranger shares its joy. You know when you're bitter. Quit trying to put on a front, trying to cover it up with makeup, cover it up with your dress attire, cover it up the way you fix your hair. When you're bitter, Anybody around, you know you're bitter. People know your covenant. They know. That's how Nehemiah, whenever he went before the king, and Nehemiah knew the king knew Nehemiah, 
the team knew that Nehemiah was a happy going along person, and, and he had been working in the team presence for years. But this day, the team knew something was wrong. He knew the color of Nehemiah was a rising. And Nehemiah, he said to Nehemiah, Nehemiah, what are you hiding from me? I know you. You're having to look lucky person. But something wrong with you. You look so sad. You look so broken. People know when you're broken. People know when you're You say everything all right at the house. But we know it ain't all right. We can look on your face. Uh, you think you got to cover up with that mascara and, uh, and that eyelash and all that stuff and that lipstick and that makeup. Uh-uh, baby. Something ain't right in the house. Something ain't right. Something ain't right. Something ain't right. And you try to cover it up. But the Bible says a person heart know their own bitterness. If you're bitter this afternoon, come on and, and, and let this message bless you. Don't in your, in your prayer call and tell God to forgive you for being bitter at your husband for what he did to you. Name out what he did if you want to. And so then don't name it no more. Talk to God and then don't talk about it no more. See what it is, you ain't talked about it. Maybe you need to talk to your husband. You're so mad, you won't even talk. You won't listen to his point. What is it? He did me wrong. What is it he to say? You need to listen and hear what he got to say. Uh, you, this may be the way that he's going to get healed. This may be the way you're going to get there to live it. This may be the way the business is going to go sit out and talk until you walk acting like two ships in the night. You sleeping in one bedroom, he's sleeping in another. If you're going to stay with the man, go get back in your bedroom with him. Go get back in the bed with him. You ain't God. You're not the judge. You're not the dictator. It's not your job to punish him for what he did. You're punishing words now than what he did. That's like sending somebody to prison a 15 years old piece of bubble gun. That's what you're doing, wife. You don't sit the hood with the judgment. You don't treat him so bad. You don't fix no breakfast. You ain't been to bed with him. You ain't showed him no happiness. You ain't showed him no remorse. It's like sitting in the prison with taking a 15 piece. I know he hates what he did from the torment that you torment to him and the judgment that you're bringing on him. I'm talking to somebody. Go sit down. Go to the park if you have to. Go on the path if you must. Get that bitterness out of you because it's there. You mean, you're cold, you're honoring. Oh, my God, my God. The Bible said it's better than me to bear in the way. Listen to this now. The Bible says it's better than me to bear in the way. With a lofty cub. You know that very man. Now, what me look like Mr. Bird that made a lofty cub? And I got the cub in my arm telling me, Miss Bird, here go your cub. That bear gonna kill me. That bear's so mad, and I got my hand on the cub, too. The Bible says it does to me the bear in the way, the lofty cub, to me the artery, the deadest woman, a scornful woman in her anger. So mean and so bitter. You think about it, that must be dangerous. Because that bear is dangerous, by God, she's more dangerous than the bear is. The Bible says it's better to meet the bear than meet her. Isn't that something? Some other, I knew you really had me the other day at the hospital. I went to the hospital. They asked me, was I afraid of anything at home? I asked, I wondered myself, why would they ask me that? I ain't afraid about nothing at home. I got a good woman. But I come to find out that a lot of men are afraid to be home with their wives. A lot of wives are afraid to be at the home with their husbands because he's so bitter. He's so angry. He hits something. He beats them. You don't know when he's going to slap you. You don't know when he's going to give you a backhand or, or cuss you out or say something mean and, and, and cruel. You just don't know. But I come out and tell you, God can fix it. Give it to God. Oh, give it to God. He'll fix it every time. I don't care how much bitter your house is today. I don't care how bitter you are today. I come by to serve notice that God sent me a message to give you this afternoon. You don't have to stay bitter. You don't have to keep that bitterness. God has a remedy. The Holy Ghost has a remedy to your bitterness. The Holy Ghost will deliver you. You give it to the Holy Ghost, I guarantee you, I 
grits, you won't be bitter no more. You won't be mean no more. You won't be hungry no more. Don't get them grits wide. Get them eggs. Put them on the table. Put that bacon out there tonight. At least put it out. Then in the morning, sit up and cook that man a breakfast and sit down and talk and tell him you're sorry. Tell him to get you hurt me. You hurt me and I was wrong to hurt you back the way I have. I've been mean. I've been bitter. I've been honoring. Oh, I'm going to help some marriage this afternoon. I've been mean. I've been honoring. I, I've been bitter. I did it the wrong way. I took matters in my own. I asked like I was God by judging you, and I'm wrong for doing that. That you forgive me now. Listen, I'm still hurt. I'm still wounded. I ain't healed yet. But if but, but, but I was gracious to God, if you wait on me, be patient with me, I'm going to pray. And I know that God's going to fix this thing up around, and we're going to be okay, and we're going to be able to walk together and husband and wife. And this thing will be sweeter and sweeter as the day go by. Go, go. Slip away to the movie. Go, go out to the motel. Go, they go call. They go on two or three days with each other. Sit down and talk, you know, and, 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 and talk and, and get the fire out. You may get to talking and you have to quit talking, but keep on talking. Until you get bigger over this thing. Oh, I hear God talking this evening, telling us something. I hope somebody listens. And whenever you stand, okay, Proverbs 15 and 1, a soft answer turn away wrath, but a hard word stirs up anger. See, if this is what happens, you don't know how to talk. you got to learn how to talk. That what the Holy Ghost came for with the fruit of the Spirit. We, 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 we've been talking so harsh. We've been talking so angry. We've been talking so bitter. We've been talking so remorseful. But the Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is gentleness, meekness, goodness, temperance. So you got to let these fruits of the Spirit. You just can't say you saved and born again and be mean. You can't say you saved and sanctified the Holy Ghost still and got madness in you. You're bitter, you're mean, you're hatred. You talk hatred. You act hatred. These are not the fruits of the, of, the, of the Holy Spirit. These are works of the flesh. So you got to transfer the works of the flesh now that you've been born again and let the fruits of the Spirit manifest themselves in you. Uh-huh. Instead of soft answer, you, you, you're already mad. And then each one of you saying something mad. To make the hood mad, the Bible says, talk kind and tender heart to one another. Quit saying things to make them angry. Quit saying things to make her angry. Quit stirring up one another fire. Speak softly to one another. Speak kindly to one another. Lower your voice. Just like you turn down the television, lower your voice. You know what? When the phone starts ringing, you end up looking at the TV, you'll turn the TV down so you can hear who's on the phone. Turn that TV, turn that volume down so you can hear what your wife's saying. You ain't heard her yet. That's why she's still mad at you. That's why she's still bitter at you. That's why y'all can't get it together, because you ain't turned the volume down. Don't hear her. Y'all yelling at one another. You don't hear one another. Turn the volume down. Oh, my God, my God. Proverbs 15 and 18, a hard-tempered man stirred up strife. But who is slow to anger? Quiet, quiet contention. A hard-tempered man, it goes for one or two. So when I say this, it goes for both. A hard-tempered man and a hard-tempered woman does nothing but stir up strife. You ain't going to do nothing but call a fight to be. You're not going to do nothing but call y'all to be fussing up there all day long and never coming to a conclusion because you hot-tempered. You slow to anger. You're mad. Soon as little thing you, soon as little thing you, you know, she over there talking to somebody. You ain't even asking who it was she was talking to. You don't even know what they're talking about. 
and you're going to get home and slap her in her mouth because she was talking to some man, and you don't even know what they were even talking about. But in the first place, you ain't yours. No way to put your hands on her. Uh, serve notice, hello. Can I tell all husbands and wives that this afternoon? See, this is what's going on now. We got that old school mess from our forefathers that we think we own her. You don't own her. She don't belong to you. I don't care how long you've been married to her. I don't care what you bought her. I don't care if she has did spend your money and he is spending your money. You don't own her. She is not yours. I've been married going on 43 years and my wife still ain't mine. I don't own her. I can't control her. I can't tell her what to do. I, I let the Holy Ghost tell her what to do. Let the Holy Ghost lead and guide her. I'm over her. Yes, I make decisions because I'm in. But I don't fault her. I don't control her. I don't make her wear what I want her to make. Make her sit what I want her to sit. And wear, wear, the, wear, wear the kind of hair I want her to wear. I don't do that because she's free to do whatever she wants to because I know she's going to do the right thing. You don't own her husband. You've been, been, you've been, you've been taught wrong. Your daddy taught you wrong. Your grandpa taught you wrong. Grandma beat grandma. Daddy beat mama. I'm going to be like, no, you don't do that. Don't put your hands on her. She is not yours to be. She's not yours to be. She's your real. She's your helpmate. She's the best thing that ever could happen to you. When a man finds his wife, he finds a good thing and finds favor with God. Why are you going to beat your favor? Why are you going to kick your favor? Why are you going to hurt your favor? You found favor with God. Love her. Love her. Make her make her want to come home. Mm-hmm. That's why the songwriter picked up and said, I work hard all day long, and I'm glad when the day is through. It's so good to come home to you. Make your wife want to come home. Make your husband want to come home. Get rid of that bitterness. Get rid of that fuzzing. Get rid of that argument. Get rid of that remorse. Every time he come in, you talking about something happened last week and a week before last and last month. The Bible says it's better for a man to be on a housetop. Then me and Arthur too now, me and Fussy too, but it's better to be on a housetop, but in a room with a fussy woman all the time. It's like a rainy day, raining on the tin, rain dropping on the tin, just drip, 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 drip all day long. The Bible says it's better to be on a housetop to be in a room with a woman fussing all the time. Quit fussing at your man. I'm talking to somebody, you know I'm talking to you, and, and I hope you take this word and apply it. You're like, quit fussing at your man. All you do is fuss. You fuss in the morning, you fuss in the evening, you fuss call the broom on the floor, you fuss because you left the shoes out in the middle of the floor, you left the fuss because you left the sock there, you fuss because he left the toothpaste, honey. He done left the lid off that toothpaste for 40 years. You ought to realize now that he ain't going to put the lid on that toothpaste. You're going to put it on yourself. Uh, go ahead and do this. Listen, I'm going to talk to somebody because it's dark in the room. The room is dark. Cut the light on. This elder gentleman used to tell us all the time, why curse the dark room when you cut the light on? We curse saying that we can control ourselves. So I'm telling somebody, let go, husband, let go, wife. Make your happy home a happy place by letting go of that bitterness. Proverbs 17 and 25, a foolish son is greed to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. Children, if any children are listening, you are supposed to be obedient to your parents. You're supposed to be subject to their authority. The Bible says you are honored them all the days of your life. We got people that are grown now and grew up in age. You think now because you're grown, you're supposed to disrespect your mom and your dad. No, you ain't supposed to let them beat you and chastise you with a stick, but you're supposed to respect them and honor them. You ain't supposed to talk back to them. You're not supposed to curse to them. You're not supposed to put your hands on them. You're not supposed to touch them in any ungodly way. But God will judge you for that. He said, honor your father and your mother all the days of your life. If your days might be long upon the land, the Lord thy God. Just because now you're up 
look at you cussing out your mom and your dad and your grandma. Oh, they so old, they can't do nothing about it. Your dad so old, mom, they can't do nothing. God can do something. God expect you to honor them. God expect you to expect that. Now, if you got to put them in a red phone, then I understand that if you got to. But if you don't have to put them in a red phone, then you, then you take care of them. I took care of my mother. I, I took care of my grandmother. I took care of my wife's mother. I took care of my sister because it was God's will for me to do so. And today I'm glad that I did it until they closed their eyes and went to Elvis. Huh? Don't be so quick to put your loved one away in the rest home when you can take them in. There's enough of family member to take care of them until, until God called them home. Take turn. Don't put it on one family member because they got a life just like you. But, but they somebody right now I'm talking to, you, you put too much on one family member. And, and, and you need to play your part. You need to go and help out. You got a sister. You ain't the only one. That sister ain't the only one who, who, that, who that mama. That mama's your mama, too. Brother, that's your mama, too. Y'all go get that pressure off of her. Y'all go and let her have a relief. Let her go out to dinner. Let her go to the movie. Let her be able to steal away two or three days and have a vacation because she's keeping the mama in her house. There's pressure. Honey, it, it, it's a great responsibility to take care of loved ones. Yes, it is. The great responsibility, I know. I don't experience myself, and you need help. And people will leave you right there by yourself. They won't give you no help. I don't know why I brought that up, but I'm going to leave that in because it's the Holy Ghost gave you. Proverbs 19:11. Good sense make one slow to anger, and in his glory to overlook and offend. Good sense. That's what happens when we become born again. Now, we didn't have no sense before we got saved. We ought to have some natural that the Holy Ghost come. The Holy Ghost is good sin. The Holy Ghost is wisdom. You hear me? The Holy Ghost ain't crazy. The Holy Ghost will make you smart. It'll make you make the right decision. It'll make you do the right thing. So I say to somebody, walk in good sin. Keep walking like you don't know what's right. You don't know what's wrong to do what you're doing. Read the Bible. Do what the Bible tells you to do. Follow the instructions. Hebrews 10 and 30. But we know him who says, Vend it in mind. I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. God, you got that verse come back up again. God said, who, who said God said it? God said, bend it in mind, said the Lord. I really pay what that means. Don't take matters in your hand. I don't care how mad you are. I don't care what they've done to you. You put that gun up, put that knife up, put that weapon up. You get off the Facebook trying to get even with them because they said something you on Facebook. If you're going to fix it, then God ain't going to fix it. Visit the mind, said the Lord. He said, I repay. And how many know that God will repay? God will repay. He ain't a lying God. He's a lame man, be a liar. And God be the truth. So let God fix it. Because he knows how to fix it. James 1 and 19. Let's go to Isaiah 38 and 17. Behold, it was for my welfare that I had great bitterness. But in love, you have delivered my life from the pit of destruction. For you have cast off my sin uh, uh, behind your back. I mean, though, that sometimes God will allow bitterness to come so you don't want to hear to feel good. Sometimes God allows bitterness to come. He don't want you to stay bitter, but he'll allow it to come so you don't know what it feels to be bitter. You know what it feels is to feel that way. And then when you start feeling good, when you start feeling the right way, you'll more appreciate it more. You appreciate it. You appreciate not being better. You appreciate it because sometimes people are going to make you bitter. Sometimes people are going to do things and make it hard about it to be angry. They see it not. Sometimes people are going to make you so angry and you will become bitter. But when you see you're being bitter, then ask God to help you. Repent. 
Amen. Repent, and God will fix it. James 1 and 19, note this, my beloved brother, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. See, God talking to us again. We're Christians. We can't walk like the world. We can't get mad when we want to like the world get mad and get up and go fix, get it out of car and go somewhere and shoot somebody, hurt somebody. Die by shooting, taking matters in our own hand like we God. We ain't God. My daddy used to tell me so much when I was little. Don't take something you can't give back. When you take somebody's life, you cannot give that back. You did one of the most terrible things in the world when you take somebody's life, whether it's a drive-by shooting or just angry with somebody and shoot them. Once you kill them, you can't bring them back alive. And God made them. You killed what God made. You killed the creation that God brought in this world. You killed it, and you can't bring it back. And God's going to judge you for it when you stand before him for taking that life that you cannot give back. You want nobody to take your life. Why would you take somebody else's life? See, people who do that don't think. People who take people's lives don't think. Now, you ain't thinking. You don't want nobody to take your life. You don't want to take nobody to take your children's life. You don't want nobody to take your brother's life. You don't want nobody to take your wife or your husband's life. You don't want nobody to take your mother's life. Why would you go drive by shooting and shooting somebody, killing everybody that's there like you don't care? You would not solve no problem. You did that because you were mad because somebody did you wrong. So you go and hurt everybody in the family because one person did you wrong. Rather than hurt the one person that did it, you hurt the whole family. And you justify that and think you're right. You're wrong. You're just as wrong as you're going to be, and God's going to judge you. You don't think you think you don't got away with it. You're around there laughing and smoking your little dope, talking about the, po- the police, because they, they, they ain't arresting nobody yet. They said they ain't arresting nobody for that crime, and you think you got away? I serve no, that you ain't got away. The eyes of the Lord go to for all the earth, the holy good and evil, and he's going to get you. You're going to stand before him and give an account for that life he took. And there won't be no getaway. And when God judges, you, far greater than any police and any judge can judge you. You ain't got away, so you need to quit laughing, get that smile off your face, because you're going to stand before a great mighty God, and, and you're going to go into eternal judgment for that crime that you committed because you thought you had kids. Wow. James 1 and 19, or James 3 and 14. But if you have bitter, jealousy, and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boss and be and be false to the truth. Listen to what James says. And don't be bragging. Don't boss. If these things be in you, they're going to defile you. If these things be in you, they're going to destroy you. And they're going to destroy somebody else too. And James said, don't even brag about it. You got to be on your knees praying. So you got jealousy in your bitter and jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart. He said, do not emboss about this because this ain't nothing to boss about. This is something to be on your knees praying about because instruction is on the way. Job 21 and 25 says, and another died in bitterness of soul, never having taste of prosperity. Do you not just know that some people get better and they die that way? I was talking to a young man, and he was very bitter when he told me that. He had been drinking ever since he was a child. I asked him why he wouldn't get saved. I talked to him about salvation. He said he didn't want to serve no God to let his grandma die. He said grandma was a Christian woman, and she prayed for God to heal her, and God did. And for that reason, he don't want no God. He don't want to hear nothing about God. And do you not know he died with that bitterness? Baby, it's up to you get rid of bitterness. 
Bitterness will take you your grain. Bitterness ain't going to tell you, let me go. Bitterness ain't going to say, I'm going to turn you loose. Bitterness ain't going to say, I had enough of you. Bitterness ain't going to tell you, I'm going to destroy you. Uh, bitterness not going to tell you, I'm going to ruin your life. It's going to just do that as long as you be a part of it. So I'm bringing this thing to a close. Whoever you be, you got bitterness in you. God sent me by the seat to tell you, let it go because it's going to pile you. Until you let it go, things ain't going to get better. Your marriage ain't going to get better. Your relationship with your family ain't going to get better. With your super body ain't going to get better. It ain't going to get no better. All your life is going to be, you're going to ruin not only yourself, but you're going to corrupt folks that are around about you. And God's going to tell you to let it go. Let it go. Because if you don't let it go, it's going to destroy you. Colossians 3 and 13, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other. And the Lord will have forgiven you, so you also must forgive one another. He said we have complaints against one another. See, see, if you keep a complaint against me and I keep a complaint against you, we're going to be bitter towards one another as well. Just like the half bill in the McCoy. Look, look at that. Y'all know that story. I ain't got time to tell it. And come to find out when it's all over with that the Hatfield did not steal the hog. The, the Hatfield the hog got out. He got out, that's true. But somebody else got the hog. The hog was stolen by taking the hog really wasn't stolen, the hog got out. Somebody took the hog and went in and kept it with whoever it was. And the Hatfield had nothing to do with it. But the McCoys blamed the Hatfield and you for years, for years they flew, they feud it over that hog. A hog. A hog, an animal. They had many more hogs. But that one hog called bitterness in that family for them to fight one another with guns, hurt one another for years just because of an animal, an animal they could get more of. You, you, you see how Satan put bitterness in us? You see how Satan tricked us? You see how Satan deceived us? And just like the hat seal, we got that spirit in us. That's what you got in. You got a hat seal and a court spirit in you. You said now with that bitterness. You think somebody done done you wrong, and you or, or you know they did you wrong, and you're holding on to that wrong. You won't let that wrong go. Oh, it makes you feel good to hold on to that wrong. See, like it's uh, see, see like that if you let go of that wrong, you let them get away with murder. But God is telling me this to you. You need to get rid of that hat-filled spirit, that McCoy spirit, that bitterness that got you so angry and so upset. Finally, in the end, they had to come out to a duel. Uh, it had to come down to a duel to end this thing because it had lasted long enough. It's time now you come down to a duel. It's time now you come face to your bitterness and let it go before it destroy your marriage, before it destroy your job, before your children. Some of you ain't talked to your children in a long time. You've been so bitter that the children don't want to come home. You were such a bitter husband. You were such a bitter father. You were such a bitter mother. You were such a bitter grandma or aunt or uncle or a brother. You were such a bitter family member to the loved one left. They wanted to come back, but they didn't want to face your bitterness because you were so bitter. Huh? And then and here he is, up in age, you still ain't got the adapter to get on the telephone and call them and tell them to sorry. You can get on that phone when I when I get through this afternoon. You need to call them up and tell that loved one, that family member, that son, that daughter, that husband, that wife. Some of you need to go in and sit down with your husband sit down and tell them I'm sorry with tears in your eyes. The Holy Ghost is anointing this message, and you don't need to let this message fall to the ground. You need to sit down with one another and come on and, and let God fix it. Let God turn this thing around. Your marriage headed to the divorce court, but God said he, can, uh, he don't have to go there. He don't have to end. God hates.
end up in the void. You can fix this thing, but you got to sit down and talk to one another. Forgive one another. Get rid of that bitterness. Tell God to forgive you so that bitterness will leave. Quit being mean to one another. Quit, 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 quit hurting one another. Quit wounding one another. Thinking that that's the answer. And the more you do it, the worse it gets. So I encourage you. Give it to God. Let God have it. I'm going to pray now, precious Father. I've obeyed you and did what you told me to do to the best of my ability. And where I lack it, I've charted not to my heart, but charted to my head. I pray, God, that you will not let this word go out and come back forward, but accomplish what you sent it out to do. And then it will cause somebody to let go of their bitterness, some husband, bitterness, and wife, some wife, bitterness, or husband, some boyfriend, some girlfriend, some fiance, so bitter and angry because this happened and that happened. They heard this and they didn't know it. And they're so mad at one another, God, until they call them fire to burn. Well, they're about to defile one another. They're about to defile the marriage, about to defile the relationship with brothers and sisters. But God, in the name of Jesus, some church about to be destroyed because some bitter spirit got in there. Somebody said this and somebody said that. But God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the Holy Ghost will go out right now and, and fix this thing. Go out right now, God, and, 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 and get rid of this bitterness. I pray that they will repent, the husband will repent, the wife will repent. I pray that they will come together and talk, God. And while they're talking, that you will move forward, that you will move this bitterness out of them in the precious name of Jesus. Glory be your name. I just thank you. I just praise you. I just lift you up and I magnify your name for what you're doing, God. So I know that you're doing it right now. Some marriage is going to be saved right now. Some wife will go back and talk to her husband. Some husband will go back and talk to the wife. Some, some, some father and mother going to talk to the children. Some child going to call this even talk, call their mom and dad and say, Mom, Dad, I'm sorry that I've been so bitter. I'm sorry I've been so mean. I'm sorry that I've been so hard. I'm sorry I had not called you in so long a time because I was still mad at you for how you raised me, how you hollered at me, how you treated me when I was there. God, I just thank you for, for, for mending now. I just thank you for making whole now. I just thank you for bringing this thing to naught now. I just thank you for healing now, God. I just thank you that your word is not going to go out in the be made better, God. Somebody's going to be healed, God. Somebody's going to be set free, God. Somebody getting the victory right now, God. In the precious name of Jesus, we praise you, we thank you, we lift you up, and we magnify your name. Send our spirit out now over the radio world. Let this not be done in vain. And you get the glory out of it, Lord. You get the honor, and you get the praise. And so we forever give you praise, honor, and glory for all this, God. In Jesus' name we pray. And again, we say, amen and amen. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over the limit by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.